Welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I am glad to be here with you tonight, and we got Brother Benjamin coming on the program. Folks, listen, you see the chaos. You see the um, – it's so funny when everybody's so worried about the speaker uh, the, of the house and the leadership there and everything, and you see the confusion and the chaos and, and the manipulations that are going on. Folks, this is Satan's kingdom. It is a kingdom of confusion of lies and manipulation. The best thing you can do right now is forget about the political parties and follow the Lord because we are, as Brother Benjamin is on here tonight, has said before, we are not here to make Babylon great again. Okay, because Babylon is fallen and it will fall hard. And in one hour of one day, this place will meet its ruin. Now, how do I know that? because the word of God says it. And so without any more delay, I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin here with us tonight. Brother, are you there? Hey, good evening, Frank. Amen. And brother, I mean, is this just absolutely the devil at work? And it's amazing how believers are so caught up and worried about the politics when the world's on fire. No. Well, yeah, not by might, nor by the power of the flesh. But by my spirit, says the Holy One. And Amen. But the people that don't walk in the anointing because they haven't committed the time to fasting and prayer, right? I mean, it really comes down to what did you invest your time in? You know, if your investment is in the the pleasures of the flesh and the wealth of this age, right? Um, then yeah, you're gonna be worried about protecting that which is precious to you. You'll be trying to save your little life. Well. You know what? That's not going to work much longer. You know, it didn't ever really work at all, if you want to know the truth. But anyway, great to be here, Frank. And yeah, Amen. hey, praise God. 2022 is in the record books. In 2023, man, it's off to um, off to quite a start. Amen. Brother, How could you lead us out in a word of prayer as we get going into this program tonight? I have a feeling it's going to be one of those programs well, that we you're really not going to want to miss. Yeah, we really need the Spirit of God to come forth, give utterance to what we would testify to in this time, and and give ears and 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 understanding to every listener. You know, oftentimes I think, Frank, we don't really, we don't hear and we don't see half of what is right before us, I or if we do hearing. see it, we just forget it. You know, we just get caught up in this. Yes urgency of the moment but let's let's take a moment now to just quiet our hearts and turn our turn our hearts and our face towards the throne of god in jesus name father in jesus name we come in jesus name we lift up our voice we lift up our hands father we thank you we come with thanksgiving into your presence we come we come with praise into your gates and we thank you we praise you for all glory and honor is yours and father it is your will that your son be lifted up and so i pray tonight that we would decrease every one of us lord amen decrease, that jesus might increase in us 
have your way with this program tonight. Amen. Forth a, a, a word of truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Yeah. yeah. Well, 2023. You know, happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Frank, do you ever watch the evening news? Um, not live. I don't um I don't have a cable show to like watch live, but I, I do catch the clips and obviously read, but no. <laughs> I, I you know, I, I must I must confess, I do watch the evening news, not looking for information. To me, it's a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I am laughing at the stories that are being sold and told. Oh man, the the lies and the deceptions and falsehoods of this final generation are just it's ridiculous. And um anyway. The truth is about to be unveiled, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, let's talk about 2023. Um, praise God. There's a whole lot going on. But there let's is. first, yeah, let's first start and touch on the world at the end of 2022. And um, Frank, I did an entire um, briefing that I've published for my clients on the world at the end of 2022. And we could... Um, put a link up so people could actually download. I mean, can you link a PDF? Yeah, I, I linked that one the other week. Was that the one you were talking about? I think this might be a different one, but maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe you already linked it. You might have already done so. Um, I'll put it back up again if that's the same one. We'll confirm it. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things from, from you know, the world in the year that just ended. And one of which is a some quotes from a article that uh, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, former president of Russia, published on Christmas Day. And this was published in all the Russian newspapers. I ran it through an English translation. And here's what he said. 2022 is coming to an end. Complex, formidable, dramatic. The world crossed the threshold into a new era this year. One marked by cardinal changes in everything, from the global centers of power to the daily way of life of many people. Our world has changed, and these changes are now forever. You know, and that really, really captures the reality of, of, of the moment that has come upon the earth. And, and you know, the, the world that we all knew in 2019, it was, it was destroyed. You know, they they shut it down, they locked it down, and they threw away the key. And they may have relaxed some of the restrictions, but they haven't relaxed their iron fist grip on the throat of humanity as as they're literally destroying agriculture and food production by destroying the the fertilizer production, the shutting down of the natural gas to Europe is, you know, cutting off vast quantities of fertilizers and none of the countries are exporting fertilizer anymore. So, you know, I, I, a global famine is baked into the cake, no pun intended. You know, if, they're, if they don't have bread, then let them eat cake, right? Except there's not going to be any cake. There will be a global, global famine. Further pandemics are coming. 
And we all know that the current population, 70% of the current population has uh, submitted themselves to medical therapies that uh, we now know uh, produce damage to the immune system. So, you know, the further pandemics that are already planned uh, will find people compromised, immunocompromised. And so, you know, there will clearly be uh, pandemics, there will clearly be health crises, there will be famine, and there will be war, and the war will turn into a world war, and the black horse is about to ride. Benjamin, come- one quick thing I wanted to bring up and get your opinion. I thought it was interesting this week when you know the football player collapsed, and you know the majority of us know why, um, and believe you know from the 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 stab and all that stuff. What I found was so interesting was that all the liberal news networks. All they could talk about was how dare people say that this stab was bad and that this, you know, it is good in defending it. And I always thought myself, whenever somebody goes to those kind of lengths, they didn't care about what shape he was in. They didn't care about that. All they cared about was trying to defend how wonderful this thing that's killing everybody was. I found that very interesting. They didn't care about the football player being down. (laughs) No. Well, you know, they got to defend their God yes. or their gods. And they've got a problem because their gods are dead. And so they're really, they're really coming into agreement with hell itself. And it won't be long before. That's, yes. Before it will cost them everything. But yeah, it's um, the sudden adult death syndrome. <laughs> you know, this. This new phenomenon is—it's obvious, you know. And I remember when this whole thing started <clears throat> back in 2019, and you know, the very early part of 2020. So we're talking about three years ago, essentially. And you know, the the judgment sequence has has been in threes. You know, um, three is really the number of judgment, and that's the reason there's going to be three world wars, and you know, three. You know, three on a match. You know, you don't want to be the third guy in a match. Bad luck comes in threes, and and, and so does judgment. And, you know, this world, when it was confronted with the early stages of of the original pandemic, I remember telling people, this was a, this was a bioweapon. And it was intentionally released. And they're not finished. You know, and I got a lot of objection because there was no evidence. And, you know, I remember even a very close friend of mine got very angry with me. He started yelling at me. You don't know that. You can't possibly know that. And I, I said, Jeff, I'm in the business of knowing things. That's my business is to know things. You know, I knew about 9-11. I, you know, I saw the attack on America with commercial aircraft from United and American Airlines, four planes. I saw them being used in an attack on America. Saw them with my own eyes. Six weeks later, it happened. And in the same prophetic dream, <clears throat> after I saw the jets and I, and I went inside this house, I was on the beach north of Los Angeles. I just parked my truck and got out and the jets roared by. And I knew that something was terribly wrong. And I went inside of this house and a group of people were huddled over the internet. And a young man said, 
so glad that you're here. I need to ask you a question. And I said, you know, wait a second, just wait a minute. I need you to come outside. I want to show you something first. And and then I thought, this is our a priori knowledge. This man's going to ask me, when is the next war going to start? And I'm going to show him the answer because these four jets are going to start World War III. And of course, I go outside and the, the jets are gone. Now the sky's black and I'm looking down over the Southern California Peninsula. And there's all these clouds, white clouds that are literally on the ground. And I'm thinking, why are the clouds touching the ground? And I look up and these are massive mus mushroom clouds. The West Coast, at least Southern California, had been hit with a massive strike. Massive strike of uh, nuclear weapons had occurred. And the fallout started coming out of the sky. And, and I was catching it in my hands. And I described it as grayish, whitish grayish chips of paint, about the size of a quarter dollar, with colors orange brown and yellow contorted in the in the in the chips from the metals that had crystallized in the upper atmosphere and re-solidified in, inside these flakes of ash that were radioactive. And, and that was the end of the dream. And but what I saw was the actual nuclear strike on Southern California in this dream. Now at the time most people's reaction when I shared this dream and I told them we're about to be attacked by United Airlines and American Airlines, you know, and everybody told me, you know, that's crazy. How could we be attacked by United and American Airlines? And it, and it, it did sound crazy. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I said, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's about to happen. And I'm not sure why or how. All I know is it's going to happen. It's going to start the next war and the war will go on for many, many years until ultimately it grows into World War III. And that's why I want to talk about 2023, because that's where we are. And you know what? There's a number of proofs that we can look to to give insight into 2023. The first of the proofs is the number 23 itself. It's associated with death and judgment in Scripture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8, we are warned, let us not commit fornication as some committed. And they fell in one day, 23,000. And again, in Jeremiah 25, verse 3, the prophet Jeremiah says, for 23 years, I've spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened, admonishing Israeli people. For 23 years, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. And Frank, I find that just ironic because, you know, I was shown part of the judgment in 1996 when I was translated into the future. And it wasn't a vision. I've had real visions, but, you know, and, and if you ever have a real vision. You don't forget the vision, right? And it's like any traumatic thing that happens in your life, you know, you remember those. You can forget all of the, you know, the, the items that weren't burned into your memory, but but when you have a real vision, you don't have a problem remembering it. And, you know, and being translated into the future is different than a vision, but it's it also is sticks in your in your mind. You know, and the and the book came out. I actually wrote the book over 1998. I think I started it 
around Passover, finished it right as uh, at um, Pentecost, and then it went through the whole publishing process over the summer, and the book was actually published on Yom Kippur. I mean, God, I don't know, he liked the correlating the steps of the production of that book with the High Holy Days. That wasn't by my design. It just happened that way. So the book came out in Yom Kippur of 1998, but it really didn't go anywhere until I was approached by a group called the Prophecy Club, and, and I went on national tour in the summer of 1999. And I warned America for 23 years. And those 23 years ended in the year 2022. And so, you know, here we are. There's another witness, though, that's even greater, and that's the parable of the fig tree. You guys, I'm sure everybody remembers Jesus' instructions when he, he told us in Matthew 24, verse 32. Now go and learn the meaning of a parable of the fig tree. For when its branch is yet tender and it puts forth its leaves, you know summer is near. Likewise, when you shall see all these things, you will know that it's near, even at the door. Truly, I say to you, the generation shall not pass. This generation that sees these things will not pass away till all be fulfilled. And so the rebirth of the state of, of Israel in May of 1948 is, of course, the, the marker of the fig tree which had been cut down, removed from the ground and dispersed throughout the earth, the fig tree came back to life and, and the reborn state of Israel stood up in one day. And that's sort of the benchmark. And But, but what does it mean that the generation that saw all of these signs, this generation that sees the fig tree put forth its leaves, will not pass away until everything is fulfilled, all of the prophecies, which means the Lord himself comes back the conclusion of all things. Well, we know from the scripture, Psalm 49 pointed us to the Psalms that there was a parable. A dark saying would be revealed in the Psalms. And so Psalm 90 gave us the clues written by Moses. It deals with the return of the Lord. And Moses writes, you know, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Let it repent thee concerning thy, thy servants. And then the answer is provided. The days of our years are, are 70. And if by reason of strength, they shall be 80 years. Yet in their strength is labor and sorrow. And then we are soon cut off and we fly away. And, you know, as I was wrestling with, you know, I guess the prophetic challenge in Jeremiah 50 verse 44 to discern the timing for the judgment of Babylon America, you know, clearly the, the, one of the main reference points is the parable of the fig tree. You know, and, and trying to look at the 70 or the 80 years, you know, does it mean precisely 70? Or is it precisely 80? Is it the, the season of the 80s? You know, and what is the benchmark? Is it May 14? Do we, use, do we use the first complete year on the secular calendar in Rosh Hashanah? Do we look to the spiritual calendar in Nisan? You know, what is the proper answer to this riddle? this parable, if you will. And Frank, in the very first day or two of, of this now new year, as I was thinking about, you know, how does all this really fit together? Because for a lot of reasons, we know that we're racing towards World War III now. And I'm trying to think, you know, how does the parable of the fig tree fit into 2023? 
And then Frank, it dawned on me, wait a minute. Jesus said the generation that would see these things, that's this generation. And he was speaking in Israel. He was talking to the Jewish people. And I thought to myself, wait a second. What if the Lord was referencing the life expectancy of the final generation of people living in Israel at the end of the age? So I, I went and I looked it up. And Frank, it's the current life expectancy in Israel is 82.7 years. Well, if we add that to 1948... We get 2030. Now, Israel declared independence and statehood in May, and 0. 0.7 um, years is, is a little over eight months. And so, you know, that would actually maybe, the generation itself would extend into perhaps the very first month, months of 2031. But we know from the scripture that World War III takes place in the fall, and we know Israel burns the weapons for seven years. That's in Ezekiel 39, 9. And so, and we know the second coming, Jesus is going to fulfill the fall feast because he fulfilled the first, the spring feast in the first coming. So, you know, the fact that the generation will last a few months longer than the time period for the completion of all things merely means the generation born at that time would see the completion and live a few extra months. And so, if 2030 is the end of the age, and I don't know the day or the hour, and I'm not forecasting or, or trying to prophesy anything, I'm just sharing with you my insights into scripture. And no one knows the day or the hour, and we won't know the day or the hour of the second coming, even when we're in the great tribulation, even after we see the abomination of desolation, even after the five months of darkness, even after the sign of the Son of Man appears in the heavens, we still won't know the day or the hour, but we can probably circle the week. We for sure will know the month by that point in time. We won't know the day or the hour until the event itself, but it doesn't mean we won't know anything. We were told to watch for a reason. And so does the parable of the fig tree and the generation that would witness the rebirth of Israel, the life of that generation would witness the fulfillment of all things, that would indicate everything will conclude by 2030. World War III is seven years before the end of the age. That puts World War III in 2023. So what other proofs do we have? Could this be correct? And on, now the naysayers would tell you, you know, Benjamin's been wrong before. You thought this was going to happen several times. Yeah, and that's true, you know. And um, the scripture asks the question, who will appoint the time? This wasn't an answer that would be revealed by prophetic revelation. It was something that would be discerned by careful in-depth study. And so the answers have gotten sharper and clearer over time. But let's look at another proof that indicates that perhaps that is exactly the right answer. Take you back to the dream of 9-11, where the Lord showed me the attack that would occur on September 11th. But what I want to show you is, or what I want to talk about, is what the deep state has been doing within those events. Because the, the attack on the United States on 9-11 of 2001 was part of a much larger satanic ritual designed to usher in the new world order of the Antichrist and to place the capstone 
of the all-seeing eye on the mythical pyramid of the one world government as an image of its power. And the, the numerology of this pyramid involves the number three, the three sides of the triangle that each side of a pyramid is created by. And it also involves the mystical number of 11. And this ritual is actually based on a series of 11s, three series of 11 that represent the numbers 11, 22, and 33. These being the pillars for the temple of Apollyon, who is the destroyer, which is about to be released upon the world. And so this numerology represented three 11-year periods of time in which successive rituals would be used to gradually unveil what was hidden in the secrecy of darkness, then begin the destruction of the current world order in a final 11-year period of time in order to raise the capstone, to crown the Antichrist and raise the capstone on the top of the pyramid of the one world government. And so here's how the ritual began. In September 11th, in the year 1990, old George Bush Sr., on the eve of the Iraqi war, this was the war to liberate Kuwait, the first Middle East war. On the eve of that war, old Bush went on world television and he began the very first step of the ritual, which representing it represented revealing what is hidden in the darkness. That's the meaning of the first 11. And so Bush goes on world television and he announces to the world, now we can see coming into view a new world order of the nations. And so began the first 11-year period of revealing what has been hidden in the darkness. 11 years later to the very day on 9-11 in 2001, the second step of the ritual began as Flight 11 crashed into the Twin Towers themselves constructed to represent a symbolic 11. And the destruction of the Twin Towers initiated the beginning of the second phase of this ritual. Approximately 3,000 souls died that day as a sacrifice to the unseen rulers of this fallen world. And so now the rider on the white horse would be used to initiate the beast wars, and destabilize the nations of the Middle East as America went and began bombing campaigns, bombing the mountains of Afghanistan, looking for two guys with a cell phone. We also began to pivot our military strategy from a military force capable of, of defeating a peer adversary, which meant heavy munitions, heavy battle tanks, the ability to fight a, a world-class war to a light insurgency-focused military. And so the American military pivoted to, to be able to occupy Middle Eastern countries and fight terrorists and the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and such. So the second 11-year phase of this ritual began. 11 years later, on 9-11-2012, the third phase of the ritual began. And 2012, you may remember the Mayan calendar. 9-11 was 100 days 
ahead of the crossing of the galactic median, which is where the Mayan calendar ended, the point where our solar system crossed the actual median of our galaxy and the earth entered the new age. That was on 1221 in, 20, in 2012. And thus began the final 11-year sequence for the crowning of the capstone. That crowning will occur, or that work will be completed by September 11th in the year 2023. It is likely that World War III will occur immediately following or immediately prior to that date. And what I find is ironic is from September 11, 2023, 33 days later, on October 14, 2023, a total solar eclipse will occur, which will cross the United States, followed by another crossing eclipse in early 2024, as if God was putting a red X on a condemned structure that was no longer fit for occupation. But that first eclipse in October 14, 2023, you guys go look it up for yourselves. It crosses from the Pacific Northwest right across the heartland of the United States and it exits the 48 states, the lower 48 in the state of Texas. And Frank, it's at high noon. It's a total eclipse and it exits over the city of Corpus Christi, mm. which is dedicated to the cross. The same eclipse then, then goes down through Central America I believe it hits Panama. It then cuts a swatch across the South American countries and it exits Brazil again over a city named after the cross. Nouveau Cruz, the new order of the cross. So the eclipse literally crosses out of North and South America, blacking out two cities that were named after the cross of Jesus Christ. Could it be that the lights are out in America? And so the, the ritual that's being observed by the deep state for the raising of the temple of Apollyon, which is the temple of Satan, is to be completed in 2023. And coincidentally, the world will inaugurate the Antichrist in May of this year. The destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. And the lion has emerged from the thicket. And you know, if, if my estimates are correct, I think he's going to be a rather busy man in the second half of this year. So what other proofs do we have for 2023? Well, when World War III finally comes, it'll involve the loss of... Not 3,000 lives, which was the, the number of souls sacrificed in 9-11. It'll, it'll likely be 1,000 times as large. 300 million potentially could be lost in this war. You know, there's a, a quote from a book. I don't really want to cite the name, but but here's the quote. When the ancients saw a scapegoat, they could at least recognize him for what he was, a human sacrifice. When modern men see one, they do not, or they refuse to, 
recognize him for what he is. Instead, they look for scientific explanations to explain away the obvious. The United States has been planned. The people of the United States are planned to be used as a sacrifice for the dawn of the new age and for the rise of the satanic kingdom. Benjamin, I'd like to throw one more on top of there too. And um, folks, this is, you just saw one of the biggest signs ever in the respect for marriage act being signed. That follows in with the second sign of the two signs. Jesus said to look forward and know that he was coming right at the end of the age, the days of Noah and the days of lot. And as of that signing, your government has federally sanctioned the days of Lot fully and discriminated now against the biblical principles of God. Lord, help us. We are living on borrowed time as of now. Well, and and we also are engaged in the horrific practice of sacrificing children, murdering babies. Yes. <laughs> which was part of the worship of Molech. Mm, which, yes. which you know, the 50-year anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision is the year 2023. And the number 50, the concept of 50 years is, is the this idea of a jubilee. And under the laws of the jubilee, you get what is coming to you. You know, the people who belong to the Lord can look forward to the year of Jubilee as the year of our redemption. The remnant are going to get delivered in, in the redemption of the Lord. But the world will get what's coming to them, which is the day of vengeance. And, and the scriptures quote this in Isaiah 63, verse 4, for the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. And, you know, Frank, the, this whole idea of murdering babies Yes, it's, you know, we, we have to intellectualize it because it's so horrible. We can't really emotionally even deal with it. But, you know, it's it's not a few cells. The, um, the morning after abortion pill may stop an egg from planting. And at that point, it, it, it may actually be just a few cells. But the abortion practices of this country involve the actual murder of babies. And, and it's, it's become so horrific that in the city of Pittsburgh, I think I would move if I lived in Pittsburgh. I don't think you want to be in Pittsburgh for what's coming. Because in the city of Pittsburgh, the Planned Parenthood clinics are inducing premature birth of babies that are scheduled for murder under abortion they they induce a premature birth in order to preserve alive and preserve the blood supply to the the newly formed livers which are rich with stem cells and in order to keep the livers blood supply as long as possible they first induce the birth so a live baby is born prematurely they then cut the baby up they butcher the baby and cut out the liver while the baby is yet alive. 
I can I cannot imagine the rage, the furious anger of a righteous God who looks down on innocent life, his children, a father watching his own babies being cut up. It makes me angry. This must stop. It's being financed by our health agencies under the direction of, what was that clown? And I don't want to say his name. That guy that wanted to torture the, the poor puppies. Oh, yeah. Yes. The, the crimes against humanity, the crimes against creation are outrageous. And 2023 is the 50-year anniversary of these crimes. And now comes the vengeance. It's also the 30-year anniversary of the covenant of death. It was 1993 that Israel signed the Oslo Accord on the White House lawn. Yitzhak Rabim and Yasser Arafat, with Bill Clinton presiding, signed the Oslo Accord, which was the, the, the principles of separation in the, in the beginning of transferring land to a Palestinian-controlled authority. The scripture refers to it as the covenant of death. That's in Isaiah 28. This treaty with hell is also referenced in Daniel chapter 9 in the 70 weeks prophecy, where it's called the covenant with the many, which will be confirmed by the Antichrist following the next world war. This covenant was signed on September 13, 1993. This September will be the 30-year anniversary. The evening news back in September of 1993 would report later that day, for the first time in history, 3,000 witnesses gathered today on the White House lawn to observe the signing of the most historic peace treaty in the history of mankind. For today, after nearly 4,000 years of conflict, the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael have made peace. And so Israel agreed to transfer land for the promise of peace. 3,000 is the covenant number of God. The year 2023 marks the 30-year anniversary of this covenant with death. 30 is also the number of maturity. And as the covenant of death now matures later this year, it will bring judgment and death, not only upon Israel and America, but upon the whole earth. And isn't it amazing how everything is simply lining up? We've talked at length previously about the 70-year reign of America Babylon which under the rule of the Chaldean deep state began to build an empire following the crowning of America with the signing of the NATO treaty in 1949, 1950 being the first full Chaldean year and the 70 years of Chaldean rule ending in 2020. What then began was three years of judgment. In 21, a silent weapon for a secret war was introduced. And genocidal extermination began. 2022, the actual world war came out of the Black Sea. And so World War III already began. And this war is a serious war. It's, it's not a joke what's being fought over in, in Ukraine. You know, I, I'll quote... Um, Dr. Peter Vincent Pry had a, had a phone conversation with Dr. Pry, who passed away a few months ago. I spoke with him about six months ago, and 
I actually recorded the conversation, so I've got some perfect transcript quotes. Dr. Fry basically said, this is not a small war. This is a major war that's being fought, and it's costing us a lot. Everybody thinks the Russians can't take all of Ukraine, but when an army collapses, the final collapse will come quickly. We have no idea the level of casualties in this war or how close Ukraine might be to collapse. We may be surprised, but it's hard to imagine a scenario where Russia is going to passively accept defeat and at least not use tactical nuclear weapons before this is over. Why did they even build these things if they were never going to use them? If it's true that the Russian army is actually on the ropes, which the Western media is reporting, that's actually the worst case scenario because it makes a nuclear war much more likely. Now, it's interesting, he, Dr. Pry alluded to, you know, the, the commentary that, you know, that Russia was unable to quickly defeat Ukraine. And, and Dr. Pry said, well, maybe it's not true that Russia wanted to quickly conquer Ukraine. Russia's capable of blitzkrieg type war. Look how quickly they took Crimea in 2014. But Russia also has a history of fighting long, protracted wars for years. As Americans, we assume the Russians think like we do and that they must want a quick end to this war because that's what we would want. But totalitarian and authoritarian states see a lot of positive things that come from long protracted war. It helps unite the country behind them. Putin is more popular now than ever with the Russian people, as they are now convinced Russia is at war with the United States and with NATO. War creates regime stability. It helps arms sales. It increases the price of oil and natural gas, all of which helps Russia and hurts NATO. The war is putting strains on the NATO alliance, which Russia would love to destroy. And then he made a great observation. He said, let's not forget the Spanish Civil War model, where this was in the 1930s. There was a civil war in Spain. And Hitler sent the re newly recreated German army to fight in the Spanish Civil War. And, and Dr. Price says, Hitler bloodied his troops before launching the Second World War in Spain. He now had veteran troops with combat experience, and they're worth two to three times their numbers. Hitler also tested out his blitzkrieg strategies in Spain before he ever challenged the leading powers of Europe. The Spanish War was a test, a test ground for the Nazis, which gave them a tremendous advantage as they practiced in a real war allowing them to remove incompetent officers and refine their military strategies. Perhaps Putin is using Ukraine in a similar fashion to see what works and what doesn't and what's good or who's good and who isn't. And, you know, he, he also mentioned the strategy that Napoleon used in the Battle of Austerlitz in 1805, which was Napoleon's greatest victory in which he defeated the combined armies of the Russians, the Austrians, and the Prussians, making him master of Europe for over a decade. Napoleon at first pretended weakness at the beginning of the war. He then actually sent defectors to report that the French army had overextended their supply lines, that the troops were exhausted, morale had collapsed. He had whole regiments run away from the Russian front to convince his enemies that all they had to do was attack and they'd be able to finish off the French. It worked, and he succeeded in convincing them to move forward. When they did, he dropped the hammer on them and destroyed the combined forces that outnumbered him. 
It was a pathetic end for the Russian army who trying to retreat across frozen lakes only to have French cannon fire break up the ice and drown the entire Russian army. Maybe Ukraine is a replay of this on a large scale and the Russians want to lure us in. They haven't committed but a small fraction of their forces. The Russian Air Force has hardly played a role. They have 20,000 tanks they haven't committed. They haven't mobilized their 2 million man army, although today's news is they're mobilizing another 500,000 shortly. But they're basically fighting Ukraine with one hand behind their back. Maybe this whole war is not even about taking over Ukraine, but rather to use Ukraine as a tactical nuclear battlefield to lure NATO forces in and to finish them off, destroying them in, in order to achieve a final nuclear solution to the problem of the United States. We've already used up almost a third of our munitions. That was as of last May. It's probably more like half of our munitions. And our stockpiles are already dangerously low. They're depleting the, the ammunition of our artillery and our rockets, our missiles. We're expending them. That's quite impressive, Dr. Price said, that all of our stockpiles are now running low because of this war. And we don't have the ability to quickly replenish these munitions. It would take us three to five years to expand our production capacity. We're basically blown away most of our most of our ordnance. We won't be in a position to defend ourselves. Dr. Pry continued and he said, the U.S. Army couldn't defeat the Taliban in Afghanistan a year ago. Remember our embarrassing retreat when we abandoned our horrible friends? Horrible. Yeah. It was outrageous. Was military man. It was horrible. I, I just broke my heart. It was terrible. It it showed the world that we were not a trustworthy ally. And so Dr. Fry said, the U.S. Army could not defeat the Taliban. And now we want to challenge the Russians who have a 10 to 1 advantage in tactical nuclear weapons. And this is interesting. Dr. Price said he thought the psychology behind this was from our own national security establishment that was humiliated by Biden's panicky exit from the Afghanistan conflict. And so they're trying to recover some of their own self-respect and credibility. The truth of the matter is we didn't even train the U Ukrainian army. The Russians did. It's like one part of the Russian army is fighting another part. And we haven't won a, a large war in a long while. We haven't fought a serious contender since World War II. I mean, yeah, sure, we beat up Saddam and we we beat up Yugoslavia. We you know we we got involved in a bunch of conflicts against third world powers where our technology and air supremacy was not challenged, and so we, we hammered. We, you know, we were able to fought to win and the problem is our mighty men have become as women sorry folks it's just a fact yeah dr pride went on he said the risk for american for the american people are even greater as we now have a totalitarian political regime in control of our own country and the closer we move towards a nuclear war, we're even closer to an EMP-type attack in which combined arms will take out significant portions of our electric grid using either cyber weapons, small detonations, 
or special forces teams with high-powered rifles destroying a number of main electric substations. And by the way, this has been going on now, what, for the last three or four months, Frank? We've had multiple attacks on electric substations. It's as if somebody's sort of testing. Absolutely. And And folks, one ransom, you know, being cybersecurity myself and things, you do not understand. Most people have no idea. One ransomware could send us to the Stone Age. Literally. One to I would I I think I'd shared a while ago, Benjamin, when I was in the head a meeting with the head of Black Hills uh security who the people who remediated the pipeline, the colonial pipeline attack, watching the head of their hack through systems like butter and demonstrations, and how he was explaining how the Russians had taken down the Ukrainians' power grid. Folks, you do not – they can literally ruin us with one virus released in the right – I'm talking computer virus. In the right systems, it's done, shut down, locked up, and you cannot refire up these plants right away. These power – it is a delicate balancing process, and they could literally end us in a second. Well, or they could turn the power off in certain regions, create yeah. chaos before an invasion. Absolutely. And, you know – it's, it's incredible. Dr. Pry continued and he said, China, Iran, and North Korea are also involved with Russia in a larger strategy against us. And we've been talking about that for years. Iran will not talk to the Biden administration today. So the Biden administration has turned to Russia to help negotiate with Iran, even in the middle of the war with Ukraine. At the same time, the U.S. is providing intelligence to Ukraine, which is being used to attack Russian warships and kill Russian generals. We're asking the Russians to help us negotiate with the Iranians. This is insane. And then I asked one final question. I said, Dr. Pry, let me ask you just just one final question. Our enemies have hacked our internal systems. They can shut, as, as Frank, you said, they can shut us down. They can shut our pipelines down. They can shut down our power grid. And if they shut down our grid, can we turn off the power inside Russia the next day? Dr. Pry's answer, I don't think so. Russia has hardened their infrastructure against EMP and cyber attacks. It's not an accident that Russia continues to use retrograde technology. And they physically isolated their key infrastructure. You know, we were crazy to put our military systems and our key infrastructure on the internet. Why? Why not have a completely separate, dedicated internal communications network that was controlled by the Department of Defense and was only used by critical infrastructure? Then none of our systems could be hacked. But, you know, nobody ever thought that maybe we might face an enemy one day. You know, was that treason, hubris, incompetence, or God merely blinding the eyes of a nation that has long since abandoned his truth and his righteousness. In any event, inside Russia, everything is physically isolated. And instead of high-tech microchips running their critical infrastructure, they rely as much as possible on older electrical mechanical technology. Russia is the world's largest manufacturer of old vacuum tubes. And it's not an accident. The reason is, these vacuum tubes are not destroyed by an EMP pulse. 
So wherever possible, Russia uses vacuum tubes instead of electrical chips. The reality is we've never retaliated following any of the cyber attacks. You know, and the number that have originated from Russia and China is, it's in the hundreds of thousands. And one of the reasons we never retaliate is we simply can't hit back. So I commented and I said, so Dr. Pry, we've basically been giving the Russians our lunch money for years. In other words, he said, yeah, that's right. We basically give them our lunch money. So, you know, this, this whole idea that somehow, somehow we're going to make Babylon great again is absurd. The 70 year reign of Babylon has ended. We are in the judgment sequence. And, you know, we, we approach Bible prophecy with so many preconceived assumptions, you know. I mean, the scripture says after the 70 years of Babylon are complete, God is then going to judge that nation. Well, you would think then that that judgment would occur, all of all of it, right, would occur in, well, the, at least the next year, right, or, or maybe the next month, or, well, why not that very day? Matter of fact, why, not just that day, why not within one minute of the completion of the 70th year? Well, but God's doing the judgment in sequences. Actually, three years of judgment are in process. 2020 was the end of the 70th year. And so 2021, we had a an attack on our country using silent weapons. And there was a secret war launched against the people of the earth. 2022, World War III actually emerged from the shores of the Black Sea. And in 2023, we will see it take the earth. And, you know, there's another um, proof, if you will. The Black Sea was the epicenter of the judgment of God in the days of Noah. There's a book on the internet published by two Russian scientists who themselves are atheists who did extensive research into the, essentially the, the sediment around the Black Sea. And they went down a couple hundred meters below the current shoreline and they found massive cities. And their conclusion is that the Black Sea was the sea of prosperity in the ancient world. Being the epicenter of judgment, God actually cursed the water and it became known as the sea of death. In the time of antiquity, the, the water was so poisoned that touching it was considered hazardous. But over the last 5,000 years, combination of the evaporation and the, the healing power of sunlight that broke down the toxic chemicals, essentially has cleansed the water of the Black Sea. So the first 200 meters of water is essentially fresh water. But if you go down any further, the water at the bottom of the Black Sea is still battery acid to this day. And it was renamed from the Sea of Death to the Black Sea somewhere in the times of antiquity. The Black Sea was also the source of the Black Plague, where the, the rodents that carried the fleas infected with the virus came ashore from the merchant ships. On the peninsula of Crimea, so the Black Plague entered Europe through the Black Sea. The judgment of God in the time of Noah epicentered in the Black Sea. World War III has started in the Black Sea. 
1923, the Black Sea became the lake of fire. Massive methane bubbles, methane gas releases occurred. These huge methane bubbles came to the surface and something ignited them. And the methane gas burned all day. And the newspapers in Europe literally ran with the headlines. The Black Sea has become the lake of fire. That was coincidentally in 1923, 100 years ago, foreshadowing the great conflagration that will now engulf the earth. And, and of course, World War III will bring the plucking of the eagle's wings, the lion being lifted up above the earth, and the heart of a man being given to the beast. And so the Antichrist kingdom will quickly rise in power. The final seven years of human history will begin. And sometime in the fall of 2030, the final seven years will end and the, and the Lord will return. And, and isn't it ironic, Frank, that the year 2030 is itself just one more 23? So could this be right? Well, I think we're going to find out pretty quick. And uh, from everything that's happening, you know, nothing is slowing this down. Have you, have you noticed, Frank, no one is talking about peace. No, not at all. And, and folks, just to be clear. And, and this is where the, this is the part that drives me nuts. Nowhere did Benjamin say tonight, "Thus saith the Lord." Okay, that was never mentioned. The, okay, this so don't. This is not a word that God breathed and Benjamin is saying. This is years of research and studying. Now the twenty, the nine eleven thing. I remember that. And Benjamin, you even called, I think Jeff Nyquist, and asked about these things before they happened. And he he uh, even witnessed that you did before the nine eleven event even took place with the dreams that you have. But folks, tonight. Just remember that this is, Benjamin is right, though. Nothing's slowing down. Nothing's changing. We are in hypersonic speed. Folks, the cup of Babylon is full. And it, you cannot continue but so long. We are on a path of literally self-destruction. Frank, they are chopping up live babies in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so That's gross. Right there. Right there. I'm throwing the, the red flag, the every penalty flag. Right there, it's you know they're going to stop the game because some football player had a heart attack, and oh, let's all cry for the 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 guy who plays for the Nephilim, you know, and and yeah, I mean, I pray the guy gets healed for sure. But oh my God, the whole country upset about a football player, and they are cutting up live babies. Yes, yes. How would you like your liver extracted in China? They cut up. The political dissidents, the Christians and 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 anyone else that, that does or any act or belief system that challenges the communist rule, they arrest the people, they take them to detention centers, and when they if they're healthy enough, they hold them for organ harvesting and they literally cut the organs out while these people are completely awake, no anesthetic, they chop them up. And then they incinerate them in ovens, gas ovens that are burning at about 2,500 degrees. And half the people aren't even dead yet when they put them in the ovens. Mm. This is this is communism, Chinese style. And that clown in Canada, oh, I love communist China. Yeah, sure, let's all live in a country that burns its people alive. 
Let's live in a country that cuts up its babies. Wait a minute. We do. We do live in a country where they butcher the babies. They've been butchering them for, for 50 years. You know, Frank, when, when abortion was first made legal, the very first abortions were, were suction-type abortions, or, or they would use a scalpel. And they would literally tear the fetus apart in the mother's womb, as if the baby had been torn apart by a pack of ravenous wolves. But then the technology advanced and they, and they changed to saline abortions. And they used this high potency salt and it actually burned the baby alive. And the mother would pass a burnt, shriveled corpse in a stillbirth later that day. And those babies took between one to two hours to die. The same as the babies that were thrown on the burning funeral pyres in the Valley of Hanan. When hundreds of little lambs would have their legs tied and hundreds of human babies would be thrown on these massive piles of burning wood, 100 yards wide, 20, 30 yards deep, hundreds of innocent lambs and hundreds of innocent children thrown into the fire. Benjamin, you, you take that. And, and that is really, we've, we've replaced the God Yahweh of the Bible with Moloch. And that is the primary worship now of so many people. They say that if you see a black woman walking down the streets in New York city, there's over a 50% chance that she's going to have an abortion versus having that baby. If she's pregnant, that's how bad it is. Now, folks, you take that with the the right for marriage act and the homosexuality and the open just filth in the days of Lot. And then here's an interesting statistic, Benjamin. Um, now, I think this was written in 2018, uh, or excuse, was the actual list um, when it was put out. But out of all the top producing pornography countries in the world, the second plate, the second highest country is the UK with 5.49%. That's the second highest. The highest pornography producing country in the world, United States of America, 24.52%. That's how far ahead we are than the second place country in the world. Well, that's just, we are the sickest country in the world. Are you kidding? They just arrested a guy who who attacked a, a perfect stranger on a at a bus platform and was eating, chewing off his face. The, the, the country has gone insane. The world is going insane. The abyss is opening. And, you know, I want to be absolutely, you know, clear. And I want to speak to the. You know, if if any of the listeners, if you know, if you've had an abortion, if you were deceived into into participating in an abortion earlier in your life, there's forgiveness at the cross. Amen. Those babies went to heaven. Hallelujah. Every one of those children went to heaven. And so, you know, repent. Take that to the Lord. Renounce it. Repent of it. You know, and I, I think back, Frank, to when, you know, in my testimony in the in the time when the Lord came, the presence of God came into my house, and I hadn't heard from the Lord for three years. And, and the Lord said to me, I want you to do me a favor. 
And uh, you know, I didn't really know what to think. And the Lord went on and said, I want you to pray for the babies that are being murdered in America. And then, you know, and so I did. And praise God. I remember later in life, the Lord spoke to me and said, when did I tell you to stop? Mm. He, he never wow. did. Yeah, I, I stopped. You know, I mean, during that period of time, I went into travailing prayer for the children that were being murdered in America. And, and at that time, this was like the, the mid-1970s. They were being cut up in their mother's wombs by scalpels, by suction power. And then and shortly thereafter, they would be getting burned by the saline. You know, now they're being premature birth induced and they're being chopped up. You know, and, and you know, no doubt so that they don't move. They're taping their heads, their arms, their legs are being taped to the slaughtering table. And then those baby livers are being delivered to the University of Pittsburgh. Mm. Can't bear it. The blood of the innocent has de has defiled this ground. You know, you guys, we should all be praying for the babies that Amen. are being murdered in America. Amen. And we should pray that this Holocaust ends. And I, I honestly don't know how the Lord endured waiting this long. Because if it was up to me, you know, if it was my choice... I would not have waited. I could not have endured 50 years of innocent life being tortured and murdered, violently murdered to death. But so we're here. And, you know, could could I be wrong yet again? You know, might we have more, one more year? It doesn't really look like it, but I suppose it's possible. And... Um, you know, I, I only share all these things with you guys to, to encourage you. This is a year that we really need to devote to prayer. You know? Amen. This is a year where we should turn off the Nephilim. This is a year where we should turn off Netflix. All the executives of that country are all witches and Satanists. This is a year where we should turn off the entertainment of Babylon. It's a year where we should completely stop. If you're if you are a social drinker, you should pray about completely stopping even Amen. consuming one little bit of alcohol. You know, if you have somehow been deceived into thinking it's okay to smoke marijuana, to engage in pharmacia, to do, you know, low-level sorcery, by ingesting drugs that alter your consciousness, you need to renounce this in Jesus' name. You need to burn that stuff outside of your house, not in. Throw it in the fire, rebuke it, repent, and turn away from all of these things of this wicked age. We should turn off secular entertainment. If you've got a, a, a collection of secular garbage in your house, most of that stuff has been cursed by witches during the production stage. And there are curses attached to these articles. Get them out of your house. Don't sell them. Don't pass the curse on to someone else. Destroy them outside of your house. Friends, we really ought to be literally devoting this year to seeking the face of the Lord and to preparing our hearts for the return to Zion. For the day of the great king indeed has come. Amen.
you know, just because God waited this long. I mean, look, when I was shown the judgment and I was there, you guys, okay. I was, I was a broken person from what I saw for probably took me several months before I could retain composure discussing it. But at that time, the Lord had said to me, the days of ease are ending soon. And I didn't know soon meant 23 years, 24 years in the future. I thought soon would be, well, you know, soon in our vernacular. Well, it wasn't. It was, it would last all the way to 2023. Brothers and sisters, go look at the stars, Frank. I mean, can you even, it, doesn't it blow your mind? I mean, if you look at the signs in the heavens right now, I mean, it's just simply amazing what has, what is transpiring right above our heads. I mean, let's take a look. Jupiter is 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 breaking the bands that bind the two fish to the beast. Right, Mars is in the head of the bull, the great bull that represents the unstoppable will of God. Mars is the planet that represents war. The day of vengeance is in my heart. The war to take back planet Earth. The indignation of God poured out in wrath is about to come upon the Earth. Well, right now, the, the moon is in the celestial sign of the two of the two women, the two houses, and the moon is literally right between the left and the right. Which way are we going to choose? What are we going to serve? What are we going to worship? What are we going to devote the rest of our lives to? It's simply astonishing. I'm going to back yes, up the it clock. Is. I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the stars right now. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly where they all are. Um, yeah, the moon is in the, is in the two, the twins, Jupiter breaking the bands of iniquity that are binding his people. And that's what this war is all about. You guys, that's what the whole event of the end of the age is to set free the children of God and to bring judgment upon the wicked. And that is exactly what the Lord is about to do. Oh, and then the, <laughs> yeah, the constellation of Capricorn, which is the goat and the fish. It represents the, the, the new birth, new life coming forth. Only right now, Babylon Venus is in the head of the goat and Saturn is in the tail. So what's happening on the earth is the citizens of Babylon, they're being born again by the spirit of Satan. The world is transforming right before your eyes. There's no more middle ground. There's no more safe place to go play and compromise. It's either of the Lord or it's being turned over to the beast. And the moon in Gemini represents the nations and the church, really, in the valley of decision. What way are we going to turn? To the right 
to the left, to the truth or to the lie, to the things of God and the things of the spirit or the things of Satan and the pleasures of the flesh. Which way do we choose? Folks, it looks like 2023 is definitely going to be a year of reckoning. And, um, you know, I think the problem is, is most people don't realize the battle has already begun. I'm not saying we're in the great tribulation, but I'm telling you folks, tribulation is all around. And I think the reason you don't feel it as much because the heat is not turned up as hot as it is in other countries. But if you only understood that the fire is already burning and in one night you can go to bed and wake up just like in Babylon with a totally different government in charge. And folks, we are looking at one day here in the United States and in one hour, according to the word of God, this country will change and people will be in shock because they were not prepared yet god gave so much warning Mm. yeah it's almost like it's not real until it happens to you it's the fog of babylon yeah and it's the warning's been there for so long frank you know and people got anesthetized yeah comfortably numb yeah so Amen. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank you for coming on and sharing this tonight. Uh, what a wonderful program. And folks, these things Benjamin's bringing forth, it's not to scare you, but to prepare you. And it's not that he prepares you, but it's about driving you back to your knees before a mighty God. And folks, this is the whole point of Remnant Call, is to drive you back to the Lord. He's the deliverer. I'm not coming to deliver you. Benjamin's not going to deliver you. The Lord is the one who delivers. Our job is, though, to point you to him. And that's what they were trying to do. And it's better, you know, as earlier is an interesting verse, you know, there in, in Proverbs. Um, it says, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Folks, saying the truth and the harshness of the hour, it's not its not that we're being mean. It's because we're friends, and we care for you. We desire that you would seek the Lord. Because to say nothing would mean we don't love you, and we don't care. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Brother, thank you so much for coming on and sharing tonight, brother. Oh, you're welcome, Frank. Thanks for the invitation. Amen. Well, it's not invitation, brother. This is home. So <laughs> we've been here together since 2016. And uh, without a single sponsor, without a uh, ever being interviewed on a national program or anything like that, God has sustained a remnant call, and we bless his holy name for it. And uh, so, folks, thank you so much. God bless you, Brother Benjamin. Folks, please keep us in prayer. Keep each other in prayer. And this thing is going to get hot, but your God is still on the throne, and he will deliver. Um, And, and Brother, I'm going to link again to your – have you been posting lately on your site, Um, on your blog site? The Getter site? Yes. Yeah, I do. I put up some – when I find something that's really awesome, I add it to the the list. Yeah, it seemed like I used to get notifications on that. I have to check every time you. Don't, but um, they don't, they don't notify you. 
I don't know why you don't get notifications from Getter. At least I don't know how to set them up. And um, so you just have to check back. Uh, yeah, I'll put the link back on here so people can get to your Getter page. Folks, keep up there because Benjamin does. He tries to spend the hours of sifting through all the nonsense and giving you what really some of the really hard hitting, meaningful articles. Uh, so you don't have to spend your wheels on a bunch of other junk out there. And so, brother, thank you for that. God bless you. And we'll see everybody again next week, Lord willing, on the Remnant Call. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound me.